Hey, this is Rich. This is Cass. This is Jacob. This is Luke. Yes, Salut, c'est Jonathan Mercier. Welcome to the Hillsong Creative Micropod. Well, hello and welcome to the Hillsong Creative Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us. It's 2022. As you may have noticed, if you're a regular listener, you will know that we have taken a break for a little while and we are back now. My name is Rich Langton. I'm the host of the podcast for anyone new and uh, welcome. It's going to be a great year on the Hillsong Creative Podcast. I'm excited about it and I'm excited about the life of our creative team here in Sydney. Uh, we kicked off the year last night with our team nights. Um, restarted those, relaunched those ready for the year. And we had a great gathering here in Sydney at the Hills Campus and then across all of our locations in Australia. Um, we all gathered and um, pretty fun to see everybody again and be in the room again and to be able to do that. That's been a long time since we've been able to do that. And uh, last night, Cassandra Langton, uh, our global head of creative, she spoke a message. She's also my wife. And so I got to get the sneak peek behind the scenes preparation and whatnot because she and I have been praying about this year and praying for our team and really, um, I guess, wanting to make sure that we start uh, where we, you know, start the year where we'd like to end uh, and start the year with focusing on the things that, are, that really matter. And so we thought we would bring that message from last night to you guys because we've, we felt that uh, the message she spoke, um, hopefully it's really biblical and it's very you know, it's very Christian, it's very uh, basic to what we believe and, uh, and we think it's going to be applicable to you and where you find yourself, no matter where that is. So we'll jump into Cass and at the end, I would love to pray for you, our listeners, as we start this year and as we apply the message. So stick around to the end and I'll come back and we'll do that. Okay, over to Cass. If you don't know me, my name's Cass and um. I'm the creative pastor here at Hillsong Church. I cry. I love the Lord. And um, just sometimes I get overwhelmed by Jesus and His goodness, hey? And there's this story, and I want you to hear it, and I want you to hear it. I have not planned to tell it, but there's this story about a school excursion, and there's this kid, and he's on the bus, and they get off, and they're gonna go see John Wesley's house. And they go to John Wesley's house, and if you don't know him, he was a famous revivalist. And so this class gets out, and they walk around the house, and they're, they're having a look at all the places where he's prayed and he's loved God. And by John Wesley's bed, there's these two carved out, um, worn out places in his floor by his bed where he has spent time on his knees praying and seeking God. And you realise in that moment that there is revival because there was prayer and there was a commitment to the Lord and a deep heart devotion to seek after Him. Anyway, the teacher at the end of the excursion counts all the kids on the bus and they're all there and he's missing one kid. And when he goes up to the room, he finds this kid on his knees by the bed and he's praying, God, would you do it again? God, would you do it again in me? And the teacher goes, Billy, get up. It's time to go. And Billy Graham gets up and he goes to the bus. And God heard his prayer to do it again in him and he did it again. And I hear songs like that and I watch our team lead and I think, God, do it again in us. Do it again. Do it again. Don't leave us. 
Don't forsake us, but mark us again as a creative community. I don't know about you. That's my prayer. God, do it again. Make us humble and soft-hearted and tender towards the things of God. And so, Father, that is my prayer on our behalf again, God, at the start of a year. Would you do it again in us, God? Would you spark flames of revival? Would you cause our hearts to be soft to you? Would you find a community of people, God, that you trust with the story of the gospel? Father, raise up in this room filmmakers and songwriters, artists and worship leaders, music directors, creative technicians, storytellers, all for your glory, God. Use our church, God. Take Hillsong Church again. Take consecrated hearts and mark us by your spirit for the days that are to come in Jesus' name. And a creative community across Australia said, Amen. Why don't you take your seat? Welcome everybody in Queensland, uh, New South Wales, Victoria, Tasmania, Northern Territory, Western Australia, Bali, Japan, Shanghai. Uh, Sweden, South Africa, South America, anywhere in Europe like Amsterdam. How about our family in the Ukraine and Russia? We are praying for you deeply. Our team in Los Angeles, we're recording an album tonight, right across America to New York, up into Canada and all around the world. You know, we do this once a year. We gather together um, nationally and internationally, and it is pretty great to belong to a worldwide global creative community. And so this is 2022, and I'm just going to jump straight into it. Is that okay? Hey, thanks for coming back to Creative. It is pretty lovely to see you all. It's nice that our church is returning to normal. I love having the doolies in the driver's seat. They were our youth pastors, and now they are our interim acting global senior pastors, and I'm excited for the year. I don't know about you, but I feel hope stirring, and I feel an excitement about what is to come, and I cannot wait to see what the Lord has in store for this year. Rich and I spent summer praying. We actually walked the beach in Queensland and thought of you and kind of asked God what he had for us this year and where we should focus our attention and how to love the creative community like we are meant to and what he wants us to do. And um, there were these words that kept coming up. And so we talked about a lot of things and I thought I had my message. And I, I planned and prepared and wrote a message that I am so pumped to bring. Um, it's like this feast. And if I'm allowed to say it myself, it's pretty beautiful. And it's really, really lovely. And it's called the mudlarks. And I want so much to bring it tonight. And all week, I just haven't been able to settle that potentially it's like giving you a chin-chin's meal or an aria meal. And the Lord intends tonight for us to have meat and potatoes. <laughs> so I have shelved the mudlarks. It is going to be part of 2022 somewhere, but tonight I'm going to serve up something that I hope is authentic and basic and staple and nourishing, and it's going to be more like a conversation than me preaching at you, and I hope that it's going to give us life for the year that's ahead. I hope it's actually going to ground you and bring us back to basics. Is that okay? I like the basics. So if you are looking for a title tonight, and I'm going to ask you all to get your phones out and take some notes and get some points, because I think this is going to form some robust discussion for us for the years ahead. It is called this, Serve It Up, 
Or, let's all be like Hannah. And by Hannah, are there any Hannahs in this room here at the Hills? Yeah, maybe. I don't mean Hannah Hobbs, who is at our city campus. I don't mean Hannah Creasy, who is in our Amsterdam campus. I don't mean Hannah Leggero, who is in our Sweden campus. I actually mean Hannah, as in Hannah and Samuel, and you will find out why in a little bit. Is that okay? Right, so for those of you who haven't been here, let me tell you who we are. And if you have been here, then I'm going to remind you of who we are. Is that okay? So who we are is this. We are a group of people obviously, yeah? And we gather together on Thursday nights. And we gather together on Thursday nights for three things. Do you know what they are? They are Christ, we gather for community, and we gather around our craft and creativity. That is what team nights are for, that is why we are here. And if you are here tonight, if you've been around forever, or whether you are new, then you will remember this, that we are the Levites. Do you remember that? We're the Levites. We're the ones commissioned and trusted to lead the church in worship. It's our tumble home. Truth is, and a long time ago, I talked about this. We're not a house band. We don't turn up for gigs, but we come as ministers and priests. We come in the service of the Most High God. You are a chosen people. You are here to actually attend to God. And I love that thought that we have the opportunity as a creative community to delight the heart of God in bringing our worship. I love that Papa started tonight by going, do you believe you were created for worship? I believe it is the highest goal of all Christians, further than anything else, and that is what we will do for eternity. You see, ours is a holy calling, and we love because we understand that we have been loved deeply by God. You get those songs that Josh and Pat bought, that we have been bought by the blood of the Son. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we as a community believe that the church is the hope of the world. I loved at WCC this year, Daryl Johnson said, Jesus Christ is building his church, his way. Not our mission statements, not our best plans, not our thoughts for what we want to do, but he is building his way. And if he's building his way, I've got my hand up. I want in on his building program. Because the truth is, no matter what they say, I cannot believe that we get to do this. This is an honour and a privilege to serve the Most High God. And we work out our love for the Lord in many ways. Because we're Christians first and then we're creatives. So in this room, some of the ways that we serve the Lord and we work out our love for him is that we're raising godly kids. We're building really good, godly relationships. We're going to uni and we're studying to the glory of God. We're writing music for his purposes. We are campaigning for justice. We are becoming obedient to his calling. We go to work. Yeah? Sometimes we don't like to go to work, but we go to work and we do it well. We read the word and we allow it to transform us and to change us. We are becoming people of prayer. And if you don't know how to pray, then find somebody this year and let's become prayers. You know what? We attend to our neighbours. We look outside of ourselves. We see others before we see ourselves. We honour our parents. We cook meals. We are cultivating wonder and joy and appreciation and gratitude. And then on Sundays, let me tell you who we are. On Sundays, you'll find us here in church, the Hills Campus, but all around the world. 
The creatives turn up because we know that this could be the one for somebody else. And we will be the ones who unlock doors and we come in when it's quiet before anybody else is in the buildings. And we will unpack trucks and we will bump in venues and we will make videos during the week and we'll install set pieces and we will make sure that the church of God is set to be beautiful. We type up song lists and put new batteries in packs. We turn on the lights and we start up the sound desks. We say quiet prayers for the people who will sit in the seats in our congregation. We uncover pulpits and we tune guitars. We do vocal warm-ups out the back and we make sure that the links are working. We test mics, we type scriptures into computers and we prepare cameras to capture people in the act of worshipping God and being community. We turn on coffee machines to provide a warm welcome for our volunteers and we make honey teas, we push faders, we prepare for broadcasts, we play chord progressions and we thoughtfully approach how to welcome the people into God's presence. We are the ones backstage who get little pieces of tape and write what mic number this is so we don't get confused and we are the prayer warriors who backstage bring our prayer and our faith for the sake of others. And then when people arrive at church, when we come together, we come together like an orchestra. And the creatives all play different parts, contributing what we can so that the place that we gather becomes holy ground. It is a place where music and voices will soar. It's a place where the downcast will be reminded that God is big and worthy of praise. Where people who can't carry a tune sitting in the congregation are encouraged to sing their hearts out because that is what you are doing. And where some grotty teenager on the front row lifts his arms, he smells like sweat, and he is reminded that as he goes home tonight to a scenario he doesn't want to be in, that he takes the Lord with him. There is a mum whose kid has leukaemia and you gave her a song to sing through the night that will carry her through the week. And there are teen challenge boys who in worship were reminded that they are not alone and they cannot run too far from the arms of a loving God. Some will kneel, some will stand, arms lifted high. There will be muffled cries and new babies that were embraced into a loving community. There are hearts surrendered and softened and healed and we will play just a little small part in what it means to be the church. And when the service is over, whether that is at 11.30 in the morning or 7.30 or at night or whatever time it is in the campuses that you are in, you will leave the service knowing that your service is only just beginning for another week. Because what we did in those few hours when we were together is not all there is when it comes to serving the Lord. And so tonight, I just want to spend a few moments and I want to set a healthy foundation for what it means to serve the Lord. What it's going to mean for us as a community, why we do it, what it is, and how it's going to affect our 2022. I want to give you permission to ask some questions, to put your hand up, to talk freely. And I want to actually be the kind of place where together we find real joy in this year. So here's the deal. When I got baptised... The pastor who baptised me gave me a verse, and it was 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And it says this. It says, Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, because you know your labour is not in vain. And I love that verse, and I have carried it close since I was 13. 
Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord because you know your labour is not in vain. There have been plenty of times in my life where I haven't wanted to serve God, where I've wanted to do anything else and I've wanted to run. And those verses remind me that there is great reward in serving God and in staying steadfast. And I don't know what the last two years have done to your relationship with God or with the church, but I hope that this year you will recover an understanding that what we do to God, for God, it's not in vain. It's actually a joy and a privilege and an honour, and I hope you would find great delight in this community in serving God. I want to just start with a preface. I do not think that what we do together is all there is in serving God. I think this is a wide open space. I actually think, like I said, to start with the way you build your family and your friendships, the way you attend uni, the way we go to work, all of this is serving God, everything, our life before him on the altar. We say it all the time, the Romans verses, take your everyday ordinary waking life and lay it before God. Bringing your best to him, that is your true worship, but it is also your true service. And so I've got three points tonight. They're pretty simple. You're going to write them down and we are just going to get on with the night. And by the time we get to the end, we're going to do something really different to what we normally do on the first team night of the year. So get ready. Hold on. First one. Point number one is this. Service is an act of love. Serving God, an act of love. Because you love him, you serve him. I don't know about you, I am a sucker for those personality profiles. Anybody else? Does anybody like to know what they are and who they are and how they tick and how they think and somebody else telling you? I think it's the best thing in the world. Who's a Myers-Briggs fan? Oh yeah. Who likes strength finders? Disc profile. Oh guys, come on. Don't, you don't know any of them. I'm going to start sending you things to do so you can see how you are. Well, if you're interested, my Myers-Briggs, I'm a campaigner. Sounds good, doesn't it? I'm an ENFP. Anybody else? Thank you. Best kind of people in the world. Not that I'm biased. Um, when it comes to uh, disc profiling, I have a high I. It means that I like to remember Italy, is what I was told. So if I'm having a conversation with you, I'm going to tell you about everything that I know about Italy and bond and find things that we have in common. I'm a sanguine. I am, what else am I? In my strength finders, I like input, it's my number one. I'm an includer. I want you all to find your fit in our team and be really happy. Sometimes it drives our team insane. I like communication, I have ideation, ideas for days and sometimes I have to stop sending to them to the guys because they just get overwhelmed. And when it comes to love languages, my love language is gifts. I like any present. You put a chocolate on my desk and I think you have given me a gift. I love it. I also like words and cards a lot. Truth is, when I ask my kids, how do you know I love you? Do you know what they say to me? You pick me up from school. You do my washing. You cook me dinner. And I'm like, hold on. This is not very fun. I'd like to give you a gift or I'd like to write words to you. They actually like when I serve them. They feel safe and secure and my love is on display in the really practical things that I do for them. They call it acts of service in the love languages. And I think Jesus was the epitome of an act of service. You see, in the Bible it talks about, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. 
But when Jesus came, he came as a servant. He said that he had come not to be served, but to serve. And serving us, it was the way that he loved us. When he healed the sick, when he laid hands on the blind, when he fed the 5,000, all these ways of serving humanity was a way of showing his love. And his death on the cross was the greatest act of servanthood. In fact, in Philippians 2, it talks about he considered him nothing and he made himself a servant in order to save us. The truth is, when it comes to you and me and God, when we want to display to God that we love him, the very best way that we do that is that we serve him. We respond in obedience. And in serving God, we communicate love. But the truth is, when you guys stand up on platforms and do what you do on the weekend and you are serving God, you are communicating you love him. But the truth is, at the same time, you are communicating to our church that you love them. You serving our church is a way of loving the people. And I have watched people like Rachel Helms lead worship and I know that when she is singing over them, she is loving them into wholeness. And she is enabling people to lift their eyes and actually see God. She's reminding them that they're not alone and that there is a whole lot of people who will sing with them when they can't sing for themselves. When Nath Green turns up at the Hills campus at 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning with our creative technology teams, they don't turn up because they love the work. They turn up because they love the people and they love the Lord. And so that is on display And Jesus said, greatest commandment was to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind, but the second is to love your neighbour as you love yourself. And the mark of Christianity for you and me is that the world would know us by our love for each other. So when we come together side by side and we stand shoulder to shoulder and we serve God, we are communicating a love for him, a love for each other and a love for the world that they will begin to recognise And we're not doing things because we love necessarily the early morning call times or the self-denial or the training or the preparation. But we love what God does when we offer him our gifts and talents. And so that, I want you to remember that serving is an act of love. You get to choose how you love and you get to choose who you love and you get to choose how that is outworked. Second thing real quickly. You can only give what you have. I want to make this pretty clear right here, right now. You can choose to serve as much or as little as you want to. It is entirely up to you. Because the truth is, we don't serve people. You're not serving Brian, Bobby, Phil, Lucinda, Cass, Annie, uh, any of your leaders in your campuses. You're serving the Lord. So you get to choose how you live in response to him and what that is going to look like for you. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 4.6. He says, as for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. You know, when I made a decision to follow Jesus, I told him he could have everything. There have been so many times that I wanted to take that back, that promise. When I went, here I am, God, use me. And he uses me. And I go, not like that. I don't like to be used. But I promised that he could use me. And the truth is, you can think that an organisation or a church or a system use you. Or you can choose to surrender yourself to the Lord and then create your own boundaries and the own, your own way that that is going to apply. 
You get to choose. I just want to say at the start of a year, if you find yourself in areas of church life serving and you can't do things or you can do things, have the conversation. Be brave. Have the conversation. Tell people you've got a wedding to go to. Set some boundaries. And it's okay. The truth is there's this really beautiful story in the Bible about Hannah and Samuel. And Hannah had nothing. She wanted a baby. She wanted a baby so badly and was so broken by the fact that she was barren and she had nothing, no gift. And I think sometimes that can be like us. We can be so broken and so barren from seasons that we have been in that we don't know what to do with ourselves. The Bible talks about Hannah. It talks about her in 1 Samuel and over and over and over, seven times in six, verse, in six verses, it talks about when she felt barren and broken and didn't have what she wanted, she found herself in worship. She took herself to the temple and she worshipped God and she fixed her eyes on him and she started to take her concerns and her grief and those places that she needed to, to the Lord. And the priest in the temple looked at her one day when she was praying for a baby and he thought she was drunk and disrespectful. Because the truth is, up until that point in scripture, there had never been a woman pray so passionately to God for something that she desired so eagerly. And the result of those prayers was that God gifted her with Samuel. And if you've been around church for very long, you know how the story plays out. She gets this gift and she's so amazed that God would listen to a prayer and respond. But what does she do with the gift? She takes it and she offers it straight back to God. And she goes, you gave me Samuel and now I'm giving him back to you for your glory. And I love that thought when it comes to us and our community. That there are times when we feel barren and broken and we come to God and in worship we allow him to speak and minister to us and when he puts us back together or he restores us, we can then come back and offer the gift to the temple. And we can go, God, if you, if you want to, you can use this. You see, she then had something to give back to him out of the brokenness and he took it and he used it for his glory. But it wasn't that she just abandoned the gift. Actually, every year she came back to the temple and she bought a coat for Samuel. And she attended to the gift that God had given to her. She made sure that it was worthy of him. And I just wonder tonight if maybe we need to approach give, uh, giving of ourselves a little bit like that this year, where you, you actually take a good stock take of where you're at and what you're doing and you actually, in worship, allow the Lord to minister to you. And then you offer what you can back to him. And you take time to actually assess the places that need restoring and fixing and putting back together. You, know, you can only serve if you are full. You can only give out of what you've got. You can only lead people into the presence of God if actually in your bedrooms you're having quiet times and yes, singing songs to the Lord. You can't lead people on a path that you've never travelled. So our church will only get to the presence of God where you've already been to. You're leading them going, hey, I've been here. Come follow me. Come see where I can go. Come see what God's like. And if all you want to say every Sunday when you get up is, come on, church, sing it out, then do nothing in your own quiet times. But if you read the word and you create a deep well, then there will just be this overflow in which to minister out of. And there will be a wholeness and a beauty that you bring to the table. So I want to encourage you this year 
The Bible says be continuously filled with the Holy Spirit, that it's the Holy Spirit that actually enables you to serve God. And he wants to keep us full as a team. He wants to keep us alive and invigorated. So if you could do one thing this year, it's remember that you can only give what you have, but you need to remember to actually rely on the Holy Spirit and allow him to fill you up, heal you, make you whole, and equip you for his service. And then lastly, third thing, band, you can come up if you want to. Um, joy is a byproduct of service. I love joy. I'm all about it. I feel like we should be the most joyful team in the church. Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. It says he loves a cheerful giver. And I don't think that's just about your money that you bring for the offering message. I actually think he's saying he loves a cheerful giver of their time and of their resource and of their energy. And he is looking for us actually to serve him with joy. It is a marker of the fruit and the Holy Spirit in residence in your life. And I dare to say that if in serving God there isn't joy, then we're not doing it right as a community. We're not doing this thing right if there's not joy in the way that you approach the Lord and giving yourself to Him. You know, they say that there are three things that mark a healthy Christian life. The first one is the message, which is the Gospel and the way that you and I hear it and we take it into our lives and we outwork it and we let it change us. The second thing they say is community. That healthy Christians have good community. That means that you have somebody above you who is helping to mentor you, people beside you who you do the journey with, and people who are coming after you, another generation to invest in so that you don't get so selfish. And I want to ask you tonight, who are those people for you? Who's your above, alongside, and coming after? Because community is such a lovely buzzword. Everybody wants great community, but the truth is it takes diligence and deliberate attention to foster it. It's not up to everybody else, it's actually up to you to come to church, to be vulnerable, to give of yourself, to look out for others, to actually forge something that is beautiful and transparent and honest. And then the third thing they say is service. Having a purpose, having something that you give your life to, something that you actually go, I can deny myself for the greater good of the community by doing this. The truth is when we get these things out of whack and we don't have the right balance, then maybe the joy goes. So when you are all about the Gospel and getting it right, we often become religious and self-righteous if we don't balance it with community and care and love and getting around each other. And if you just love to serve God all the time and you're just striving after that and position and opportunity and those sort of things, but you don't actually have the Gospel, then somewhere the joy can disappear out of this. And these three things need to be held in balance, but when you don't and one competes against the other, then I think we find ourselves losing what God intended for us to have when we come and seek Him. Because the truth is, He doesn't need us. He wants us. And when we serve Him, then we're thinking about others and not ourselves. And there is something beautiful about getting lost in that moment. On the 31st of December last year, my mum and dad and my sister Sarah and her husband Reuben all went out for um, New Year's Eve dinner. And we sat around this great table in Double Bay. 
And we just started realising that my dad, he's a little bit like Yoda. He's got so much wisdom and he's been in church his whole life. And so we just started asking questions of him. And we all sat there just waiting for his answers. And at one point in time, we said, hey, Dad, just wanted to ask you, the church that we grew up in when, when we were young, how did you know that was the church for you? How did you pick it? And he started telling the story. He said, you know, we moved to Melbourne for a job transfer. And when we got there, we had tried a whole lot of different churches. But one Sunday, we found ourselves at this new little church plant in a community centre. And he said, we, we snuck in with you three girls and we sat up the back and we just thought we would watch. He said, we didn't realise, but we had arrived, arrived on Commissioning Service Sunday. It was a Baptist church, guys. And so... He said, but what happened was the pastor stood up and he started to talk about serving God. And then he asked the church to stand when he mentioned the area of service that they're involved in. And he said, if you're involved in our kids' ministry, why don't you stand up? And all these people slowly started standing up. He said, if you're involved in our youth ministry, why don't you stand up? And these people stood up. And if you're the usher and you count the offerings, stand up. And if you're the car park guy, and if, if you do the overhead projector, stand up. And if you turn on the sound desk and check the microphone, stand up. And if you lead worship, stand up. And if you put the blue books and the brown books on people's seats when they come into church, stand up. If you do the newsletter, and my dad said it wasn't long before every single person in the church was on their feet and mum and dad were the only people sitting down. And they went, there is something remarkably lovely about a church where everybody finds their place serving God and where they come on a Sunday morning to offer themselves again to the service of God. And when he was talking, I thought of you. I went, I recognise that story. I live in a community like that. I live in a community where every Thursday night people turn up because they love serving God, because they know that there is more to life than themselves. And during worship tonight, I couldn't help but think about this verse that says this. And while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the work to which I have called them. You know, 2022 has new work. And I believe in worship tonight. The Lord begin to mark and anoint all of you, regardless of the campus that you're from, regardless of where you find yourself tonight, for a new year of serving Him. And I can't help but wonder whether we're in again, whether this could actually right now become a commissioning service where you are smeared with oil and anointed by the Holy Spirit to go again, to actually put your hand up and let God use you however He wants to, wherever He wants to whether that is at church on a Sunday or whether it's at your job on a Monday by the water cooler or whether it's at university in lectures. And so tonight, I'm going to ask you if you're up for it again, if you want this to become your commissioning service for the year, where we pray for you and your family, where you go, God, yep, I'm in all over again. Use me. I want to serve you. Would you stand up? If you're part of our TV team, if you're part of our vocal team, if you're part of our worship team, if you're a songwriter, if you are in our glam squad, if you are in makeup, I don't know what team you serve on. And maybe you don't serve on any team, but you go, you know what, Cass, that's my heart this year, that actually I would serve God. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray for our team as a whole. Rich is going to come pray for our team. And then we're going to go local. We're going to go local everywhere around the world. 
and leaders of teams are going to come and they're going to anoint you and pray for you if you'll let them. And they're going to smear you for service. And they're going to actually trust God to begin to stir in you dreams and creativity, to actually go again, to give you wholeness in broken places and give you a love for the Lord that is contagious to others. And I'm going to believe that you would realise this year that your service is an act of love, that you're going to give what you have and that there is going to be joy in the offerings. Amen. Well, thank you, Cass, for that message and the reminder that serving is part of who we are. It's part of our our outworking, our Christian life. And no matter where you are listening from today, I would love to take an opportunity or take a moment to to pray for you uh, and and not so much commission you, but to enter into your serving with you. Um, So why don't we do that? We'll take a moment now and, and I'd love to pray for you. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you that uh, you came to serve and not be served. Lord, thank you that you were an example of service. And, Lord, that that is an outworking of your love for us. And so, God, as your people, as your creatives around the world, for all of us listening, God, I pray that you would empower us to serve, that you would give us the um, ability and the willingness and the desire to do that. And Lord, help us to know that as we serve others, we're, we're loving you, we're loving them, and we're being who you've called us to be. And so, Jesus, I pray a blessing on everyone listening, and I pray that as we enter into 2022, serving you, serving others, Lord, we will find great joy in that and in that uh, service of you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And as we kick off this new year, I hope you have subscribed and that you're a part of this journey with us. We love hearing from you. So if you wanted to let us know, do that. Um, Just follow the links in the the show notes. And uh, we'll talk to you soon on the next episode. Thanks for listening today.